0: Hey, everyone. Thanks for being so patient. Today on the podcast, I have Zach Bergerman, freelance adventurer photographer. Uh, I've been interested in photography for a while now, and I've been a little hesitant to jump in. So I got his tips on jumping in. And spoiler alert, like everything else in the world, uh, the best way to start is to start and learn as you go. Um, I talked about some of his tips on capturing kind of the moment versus just being very technical. Uh, We talk about his love for exploring nature in the world. He actually was in New Zealand right before the COVID crisis on a a pretty epic trip out there and had to cut his trip short and come home. Uh, He loves mountain biking. We talked about that and some of his close calls in nature. And when we get into photography, uh, we talk about his switch from digital back to film photography and why he prefers the old school analog style now versus the more traditional digital approach. However, like he says, anything's good, and sometimes he even shoots on an iPhone. And with that, we'll get right into it. And here is the always interesting Zach Bergman. Hey, Zach, welcome to the podcast. And to start off, what are you drinking today?
1: Hello, sir. Uh, Today I am drinking a smoothie. What kind nice. of smoothie? It's a it's a fruit smoothie with some oatmeal, some eggs, um, strawberries, bananas, you know, the like.
0: Breakfast, essentially?
1: Basically breakfast because I'm the world's slowest eater and uh, the fastest way to get things in is to blend it for me. So
0: <laughs> So when you put the eggs in your smoothie, does it, like, it, I'm assuming raw, I'm assuming you don't cook the eggs first, but is it, does it change any kind of flavor? Because I've never eaten a raw egg.
1: Oh, really? No, I haven't had a... Uh, uh, issues with that or anything like that with the taste. I, I I guess, I guess there might be a slight aftertaste with it, with the eggs. If you put like a bunch of them, but I only, I use about three eggs per shake. So I don't know. You get used to it, man. And if you sweeten it up with the fruits and, uh, you could also use some protein powder if you want to add for additional protein, but yeah. Yeah.
0: I like fruit in the morning is always a good way to start my day.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yep. For sure. What are you drinking?
0: (laughs) you got your coffee english breakfast tea
1: oh nice
0: i like it Teas, but yeah i i'm a big fan of english breakfast tea and orange pico my parents and grandparents used to drink it all the time when i was younger so the oh, smell nice. reminiscing it was like the first tea that i drank and then i've got water but um yeah i had a i made an americano from a pretty strong americano for myself this morning with um a double espresso so i don't yeah. want to have too much caffeine i get a little jittery for sure and, uh, not too much fun the, the tea tea caffeine is one thing but if you have too much i find too much coffee especially in the afternoon it just ruins my day as weird as it sounds
1: yeah no i can't sleep i have trouble sleeping if i have it too late
0: yeah huh. yeah yep. anybody that asks me like oh you don't have coffee after dinner i'm like i'm i'm not gonna sleep till midnight yeah, so, yeah. at that yeah yeah bed at nine thirty, kind of guy mm-hmm. so yesterday you said you said yesterday you went on an adventure
1: Uh, Yesterday, I was going to go on an adventure, but it decided to snow here. So it kind of threw the plans. (laughs) Uh, Snow? In Ottawa? Yeah. Well, in Alberta in in, uh, this time of the year, April, it it was 20 degrees the day before, and then it's decided to snow the day after. So it kind of thwarted my plans. There was uh, some aurora. Borealis, the northern lights that were um forecasted for the night but uh it didn't end up going out because it was cloudy Not
0: <laughs> that, that makes sense what was the last one that you went on then
1: uh sorry the last adventure that i went on yeah, um i don't know if you call, would call a bike ride an adventure but i i call that a, an adventure so um yeah just two days ago i went out for a bike ride i like to bike in the on the country roads outside of calgary just kind of get sure. away from the town the city sorry and see yeah. the open fields and stuff like that. But the, I guess the biggest trip that I've done in recent weeks has been the trip to the Vancouver Island. Uh, probably two, three weeks ago now. Um, yeah, yeah, that was awesome. I, I really, 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 really liked that place. It, uh, I, I, I'm, I, I think I want to move to BCU, Honestly, <laughs> that trip, I've been a couple times now, more than a couple times, and um, yeah, that just that place speaks to me so.
0: Yeah, I feel you. I was the first time I went there. We were driving through the, one of the forests up to the one of the bases, and uh, I mentioned that the trees it looked like Endor from Star Wars with just the all size, right, of-
1: yeah, dude, yeah. The trees there, man, the trees there are huge, and um, yeah, I just feel like I have this. I just, yeah, I don't know, I don't know how to just say it all out, speak my mind, but um, I've been really blessed over the past five, six years living in in like Banff and camor and in, in New Zealand, obviously, and all these places that are beautiful, and I think that I would like to spend my time in, surrounded by Mother Nature and stuff like that. Raise a family around Mother Nature, and yeah,
0: yeah, actually, it's more it's it's calming almost, like it's uh... it's it's a natural
1: <laughs> medicine, man. It really is a natural medicine, you know. Like we're we're living in a world with a lot of technology and uh, ungoverned technology, if you want to say, where these companies are taking advantage of our Our attention screen uh what is it screen time and stuff like that and uh i think it's leading to a lot of um mental health illnesses we're seeing a rising uh rising cases of mental health illnesses depression anxiety with younger generations uh current generations older people too just because we're all glued onto our devices all the time so um yeah i just i really want to immerse myself away from that and i think the best way to do that is by spending time outside so
0: yeah, I feel you. I mean, I start every day with like a half an hour walk through where we are. We're kind of on the outskirts of Ottawa. Oh, nice. And, uh, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. Even we're that counts, man. From... Even that counts. Just walking around the block or just getting some fresh air, you know what I mean? Getting out of the house, especially during this quarantine and lockdown, schmockdown type thing. So,
0: Yeah, every lockdown seems to be slightly different than the last, but they're all lockdowns. But we're like five minutes from the Blur Bog, oh, which nice. is uh, yeah, yeah. kilometers of trails. So we're trying to build up our, our dog's stamina so that she can she can go there for a couple of Oh hours. nice. Right yeah,
1: now, yeah. That's a beautiful place too, man.
0: Exactly. And just getting out in a boat and um, even in the winter, just getting out and feeling the the fresh air on your face is was always nice. But what did you do when you were in Vancouver Island then? What kind of what was your what was your activities that you kind of I because I'm picturing a lot of, of like hiking and, and yeah, trail so riding.
1: yeah, no. Um I've got uh, one of my best friends, he's a photographer too. I met him in Banff. Uh, The nice thing about working in Banff over the years is you meet all these people from all over the world. And he's just somebody who I've managed to keep in contact with uh, over time. And uh, yeah, no, it involved a lot of hiking, a lot of photography and just going to cool little locations that, you know, are hard to get to. And uh, yeah, just all the outdoor activities, snowshoeing, mountain biking. Um, Yeah, just immersing myself in the culture over there.
0: So. Yeah. Yeah, I feel you. Yeah. I I snowshoeing is so much fun. It's such a workout. No, dude, I, dude, it's
1: a crazy workout. People are like, you're going so slow, but you know, you go out for an hour, you're burning almost like eight hundred calories to a thousand calories, man. It's crazy.
0: Yeah, I mean I I saw on their like new lighter snowshoes and all like I'm like, how heavy? Like you're walking, it's probably fun. They're they get heavy. They're and they're big. I mean the ones that I have, I've I've gotta get big ones so I don't sink too far in the oh, snow. Oh, right, yeah. Mm-hmm. You've got to like change your walking stance. It has to be wider because you're you're not used to having the the snowshoes on. But it's quite the workout. And as much as you want to think that you're not going to sink in the snow, you still sink a little bit. They're not gonna they don't keep you floating. I mean, I'm not up to my knees in snow, but you still have to. It's a it's a it's a big workout, but it's nice because you can get places that you wouldn't normally be able to to walk in the winter. We went out on the lake with uh, with snowshoes, and it was pretty surreal standing in the middle of a. Uh, ice covered and snow covered lake. yeah no for sure with,
1: yeah Oh, that's uh that's sweet man yeah it's uh that reminds me frozen lakes i've uh yeah that was a cool thing i've explored this this winter was uh biking on a couple of frozen lakes in the in the park Banff national park which was
0: really sweet that's nuts i biking in the winter to me is crazy but even just on the ice is yeah ridiculous got the,
1: we, yeah you got to get a bike with studded tires <laughs> but it's, <laughs> it's good fun
0: so what has been your just Of everything you've done what's been your favorite kind of outdoor adventure excursion
1: i don't know man um you know for me the biggest thing over the past few years has been always um just showing people the value of of the outdoors so if you know because working in banff every season there's always you know younger kids coming in from the schools working just seasonally and stuff like that and they're they're getting exposed to the environment for the first time so for me it was always um just getting to show them around, getting them show showing them hikes that you know they don't normally see and and places and just you know capturing their expression the first time they go on these mountains. It's just like it's the most priceless thing. I think that's my favorite thing above anything. And then personally, I just I just like getting outside. Man, I like breathing fresh air. I like getting my heart cranking my heart rate up. You know, mountain biking, hiking, trail running, running up mountains, whatever whatever it is. <laughs> Waking up, going for a run up a mountain.
0: And trail running is difficult.
1: Oh man, it is so hard. Yeah, and I've still got that nasty knee knee injury from uh bodybuilding days 6 years ago, so uh you know, I do have to I, I can't go crazy on my my activities. Um but yeah, trail running is insane. It's really hard. Some guys run like yeah. they they're running down mountains and I'm like, I don't know how you guys do that cuz they they look like they're going to twist <laughs> their ankles at any given second.
0: Yeah, yeah, I mean, on a general hike for me, I'm pretty wary. I've got pretty weak ankles, so I'm pretty wary about doing it. And I bought trail running shoes for the full intent of going for a trail run and I'm like, it, it I'm just gonna use them to hike. That's that's uh there's so many like little knots that you can trip over and just uh, jack up and yeah, air. it's just not it's,
1: it's, it's not worth it at that point, maybe for some people like I don't think it's worth it for an injury that will, you know, last a long time. So
0: especially as we're getting older too. Those they, they start to linger. Uh yeah start to have a sore neck for a couple days instead of like half a day oh now. definitely
1: man yeah i'm definitely noticing that compared to like the early 20s <laughs> yeah
0: yeah you could shake it off a lot quicker when you're younger like a hangover for me is now a two-day at least a day maybe a two-day affair after like maybe five years but when i was younger it'd be like maybe in the morning i'd shake it off and go to the gym and feel better but no it's not yeah
1: it is nuts you're not the first person to have mentioned that actually i've talked to a couple of friends saying yeah man the hangover definitely lasts like two or three mornings now and i'm like man I have yet to feel that, but I I feel bad for you guys. I really do.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think it's partly just because the in, or, in when I was younger it was a lot more frequent that I would have uh more than five beers, but now it's like a beer and a half and I'm I'm Oh weird. yeah, yeah. Having been in nature a bunch, do you have any kind of like I can't believe that happened story where say you came across like a bear and managed to get like an amazing picture of a bear or um
1: something? No, good question, man. Very good question. Let me just uh let me honestly just think about that. I kinda get that feeling every time I go out and take pictures. You know what I mean? Well not every single time, but every time I'm I'm going to a new area, I just get mind blown, man. It's just it's uh you know it's just so beautiful and um there's always cool uh specific shots that you can get. Um wherever you are, you just got to look for it and appreciate the little things, um, wherever you are, you know, you don't have to be in the Rocky mountains. Like you said, you're, you're getting to experience Maribel. and I honestly, I kind of miss Ottawa for Mirabla and Gatineau park and, and all of that. But just looking back, like that was part of my childhood and that was, um, it's beautiful too there, man. It was an escape. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. From the, the hustle and bustle of the city or the suburban. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: I, but I, I guess the, if i had to think of the the latest season just being in in canada or even in new zealand um when i was in new zealand and i ended up hiking and i hiked up a mountain there and you could see in every every direction man and there was just very little civilization in every direction you could see the ocean you could see mountains you could see and uh, i think that was just mind blowing to me i was like man this is a This is unbelievable. I got treated to the Milky Way that night. I was camping on top of that mountain. I looked up to the stars, and you could see it from one end of the the sky to the other sky with the naked eye. And, uh, yeah, that was just just unbelievable. As for wildlife on hikes, I have come across a couple bears. Um, It's been a while now. It's probably been five years since I've seen a bear on an actual hike. Um, But working in the outdoors, I've worked on golf courses in the past in Banff, and uh we see uh bears regularly. Uh probably I see five or six grizzlies a season on the golf course. Jeez. But I'm usually in a vehicle so I'm safe. Um <laughs> obviously when you're hiking it's a it's a little bit different of a story because you could spook you could have spooked the bear or whatever. You have to be more on the defensive. Um but yeah, it's been a while since I've seen a bear in
0: hiking. I was about to say I thought you were, I thought you were gonna say you know, you see a couple black bears here, but yeah, grizzly bears will Oh yeah I yeah, no,
1: we see we see black bears too. We definitely see our fair share of black bears, but we definitely see we have a couple of grizzlies that live in certain spots and they close to town and they don't really move. I I would love to see a cougar. It's the, probably the only animal that I haven't seen. I saw a wolf for the first time in 2020, which was crazy because they're they're massive and there's a there's a giant wolf pack that lives in in Banff right now. Um, I saw a wolf for the first time. Massive, huge, just stared right at me, cold. Was that while you were on a ride? I was on the golf course, actually, yeah. So what we have to do in, in, in the park is as soon as we see a grizzly or a bear or any sort of wildlife other than elk, because elk are like just dear to us, Um, but if we see a predator animal like that, we have to call Parks Canada, and they come, and they usually deter the animal away because we're close to human activity. Like, people are golfing, obviously, and stuff like that. They'll often bring uh bb guns with uh like paintball guns sorry not bb guns paintball guns and they yell certain things like hey bear and i guess the bears are kind of used to that and once they hear the hey bear hey bear and they get peppered with these uh (laughs) paintball guns they uh they dip they leave pretty quickly so
0: yeah i wouldn't want to come across one of those things no no exactly so you mentioned new zealand uh How long were you in
1: New Zealand? I was too short. I I was there for um, six six months. And then Justin Trudeau decided to call all the Canadians back home because uh, that was the beginning of the COVID pandemic. And um, Mm -hmm. yeah, I came back home because uh, family was concerned. Obviously, there was so much unknown at the time in terms of the virus, Mm -hmm. in terms of how long the virus was going to go on for, and the after effects of it and all that. So I actually was on the last flight from new zealand to uh canada in in march of last of 2020
0: were you over over there working and and i was over
1: there working yeah i worked on a golf course over there um i worked in queenstown which is like the adventure capital of new zealand on the south island and um Mm -hmm. yeah it was it was an awesome experience man I, i really recommend it to anyone who's uh trying to get out there if anyone's trying to Figure out between Australia and New Zealand. I highly recommend New Zealand because there are no spiders in New Zealand. So go to New Zealand. Sold. Yeah, the spiders in <laughs> Australia are nuts. They're like the size of your hand, and they're everywhere. So I'm not a fan of spiders.
0: Have you Have you been to Australia?
1: Uh, just briefly. Just briefly. Not long enough. But, so
0: yeah, New Zealand would be fun. I mean, it's Middle Earth, but it's also got so much like biodiversity. Yes. Yeah, like you no, for sure.
1: And 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 like you said, if you're a huge Lord of the Rings fan, man, like they have Lord of the Rings tour books everywhere that you could find, and like you can find specific locations where they filmed. Like I don't know mm-hmm. if you're a Lord of the Rings geek, but uh, I am. I love Lord of the Rings, and uh, and there are quite a few locations around where I lived actually that they they filmed certain sections of the the trilogy there. So that was nice to see. I didn't get to go see Hobbiton though. Yeah. Hobbiton is uh, on the northern island um and that was all my plans uh that was part of the plan to uh was to go see Hobbiton on the way I was supposed to finish my job after six or seven months and then live out of my car and drive up to the northern island and kind of hang around there go mountain biking go see all the other other Lord of the Rings locations but um I didn't end up going so but New Zealand's not going anywhere and hopefully the pandemic ends one day and I'll be over there so
0: hopefully sooner rather than later Yeah, there's tons of the world to see. Man. That's the problem? Is every time yeah. I, every time he checks up, like five more. Yeah, get I think mean, you've
1: done quite a fair bit of traveling too, man. So
0: yeah, there was one year I think my total travel was technically, if you like laid it all out end to end, it was around the world twice. It was a busy oh, year. That's
1: good though, dude. Don't you miss the traveling a little bit? Like,
0: yeah, very much. So we uh, we've got so we set up a treadmill on on in kind of like a, a back part of the house with a TV in front of it, and we'll turn on did not know this was a thing on youtube but i'm not surprised people just like go for runs in various places around the world and record it and then post it to youtube and then you can go for the run essentially in that mm-hmm. city so uh i've i'm training i'm doing the couch to 5k oh, program because awesome, uh well yeah i can't run 5k but uh, it's just straight up anymore um it's been a while since yeah, i tried no so i was doing it for the and then the pandemic kind of messed everything up we got a treadmill recently so i'm like oh, i'll start it again and be able to run 5k so i can run 5k yeah no, for happy. sure man uh, I don't. You got to start somewhere, even if it's a two k. You know. Yeah, exactly. But we'll put up like uh, the other day. I did actually New Zealand. There's a guy on YouTube who just goes to various places in New Zealand and records their parks and goes for a run. So I ran around somewhere. In oh, New that's Zealand awesome! The other day that is so uh, cool. <laughs> I did Tokyo. I think it was recently in uh, Yoyogi Park, which is kind of like their yeah. Central Park. And then Leah did uh, Shibuya, which is one of like the cities within Tokyo. Right. Um, it was like, a, she just, she did her, her run through there. It's kind of cool. It's like a way to get out without actually getting out, but we, we really do miss traveling. We had a bunch yeah, of stuff you guys went to Japan, right it, Yeah. We were in Japan for a month in 2018. We saw every, pretty much everything, but the Southern islands. We want to go back and see the Southern part. And then we were in Europe in 2019 for almost a month as well. And we were in France, Germany, and, and That's Austria. That's sweet.
1: Yeah. I, I really wanted, that was part of the original plan was going when my visa was done in New Zealand, I had everything planned to go to Japan and I wanted a bike from, I think it's called the Haik- Haikado, Haikado Islands or something. I'm not sure. Um, yeah. Okay. So those islands, I wanted to start down there and work my way down south and then kind of like just sell the bike and then fly back to, to Canada. But uh, I wouldn't, wasn't able to do it because of COVID, but I'm sure we'll catch up because I do have a quite, a, quite a bit of uh, questions regarding Japan.
0: Yeah, shoot them if you want. I've 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 got nowhere to go. Oh,
1: if I had to think off the top of my head, let me just um Yeah, yeah. Language barriers, like the biggest thing that I th- that I would think would be uh the hardest because, you know, it's great to go to like all these English speaking countries, but you go to Japan, it's such a culture shift and it's a language there's language barriers in these little towns that you're visiting, like you how do you communicate with them to get what you need? Like how do you say
0: yeah, I don't know. That's that's my question. We, we So Tokyo, not an issue at all. They had English and, English signs kind of more or less everywhere, especially on the, the what's it called? The subway systems and the, mm-hmm. the JR rail um, was everywhere you could get. It wasn't too difficult. People kind of spoke English. You could kind of mine where you're trying to go for the most part. And the so- names of the cities didn't mm-hmm. change. Um, compared to France, though, France, because we speak French, it was easy. Germany and, and Austria, because it's, it's German speaking, we could kind of get it across. But yeah, in Japan, the small towns are the hardest mm-hmm. because there is no English. there's a But we stayed in on the northern tip of the main island called Aomori um, when we were going to do the Cherry Blossom Festival in a castle nearby there. Uh, so we stayed in this town. It was very much like a fishing mm-hmm. town. The first sushi I ever had in my life. But we could not speak a lick of Japanese. We tried using like the Google translate on the phone because a lot of the menus were handwritten. It didn't mm-hmm. really pick it up. So we had to basically around until we found a restaurant with pictures and we ate there and it was great. But uh, yeah, Google translate. And I think Apple probably has something too, where you can, it's like a conversation mode. So I can speak English into the phone and then the phone will spit Japanese out. And then the Japanese will speak into the phone and it'll spit English back to me. Um, works a lot oh, wow. better than you'd think. We were in a bar mm-hmm. in Kyoto and Different beers from like the local area. It was really cool. It was like a little bar. It was like a big bar, and then in that bar was a bunch of different little bars. It yeah, was it sounds kind of cool. neat. Yeah, we we're at this like craft bar, craft beer spot that had like three or four seats, and we we're trying to talk to the woman about like what local beers there were to try. And we we're using our phone, and she was using hers to like say English back to us. It was it worked. It wasn't uh, it wasn't perfect. We got kind of like the point across, and you pick up a little bit of the Japanese while you're right. As long as you um, get the point um, across
1: there's some sort of basic understanding then you can get what you need type of thing oh that's sweet
0: as long as you're trying most people are courteous it's like when people come over here and they're trying to speak english or they're trying to be polite about what they're asking it's it's right they're often using the same over um, there uh
1: voice to text on the phone type of translation and they'll point to their phone type thing like once it's done translating
0: yeah exactly like we, we did that a bunch where i'd speak into it it would it wouldn't. It wouldn't uh, read it out because I didn't have the best mm-hmm. internet access over there, so it would just on it. But you can, and you can get things like there's these Wi-Fi hotspots that our mm-hmm. Airbnb had, and you could take it with you. So we threw it in our, we charge it up, throw it in our backpack, and our phones would essentially have internet access. Okay, yeah. So I was gonna ask as about as the
1: SIM card situation, but I guess you've got yourself connected online with this.
0: Uh... Yeah. You don't really have to text when you're over there for the most part. You can uh, instant message. You can use WhatsApp too oh, if you right, really yeah. wanted to text. Cool. Um, it was mostly instant messaging and finding Google Maps that we needed. And you could buy it. You could, I think, you can rent your own when you're over there. You can get a SIM card if you really wanted to. But for the most part, a lot of places either have uh, Wi Fi. So we'd go essentially like Wi Fi hotspots throughout the city mm. that you could connect to. Uh, and then you just download the map onto your phone before leaving. So you have, uh, have the offline map um but yeah we kind of went in not really knowing what we were doing we we left kind of knowing what we were doing i wouldn't say that we're experts but uh yeah we definitely adventuring rather than going you
1: guys stop at any onsens i don't know if i'm pronouncing it properly it was
0: hot we didn't we didn't get a chance we didn't not that we didn't Mm -hmm. think before leaving we had Mm places we wanted to hit but we didn't pack very well um we were looking at the weather and it ended up being completely wrong uh we weren't looking we're looking at like what's the average weather for that time instead of just actually just tracking the weather where you're going and then we went up to the, the northern island it was like 10 degrees but tokyo itself was like 35 and humid so it was huge, huge huge yeah. swings in the weather because uh, we did we wanted to go to mount fuji and stuff like that but we didn't really bring the best shoes to go hiking because we weren't into hiking as much when we went so when we go back we want to do some of the more uh you know onseni and uh and hiking at mount and all that kind of stuff because we we didn't necessarily plan ahead as well as we should have we planned all of our like hotels and our mm-hmm. transportation for the most part for the first did the rest while we were there but we didn't really plan on what we were seeing while we were there we were kind of like we're in Tokyo mm-hmm. there's so much to see um you know and then the Sapporo beer gardens and Sapporo oh are, right we yeah did.
1: Sapporo's over there uh, for sure that's sick
0: it was really cool it was really fun the northern island is there's uh, the mm-hmm. I think it's Hokkaido is the northern the northern Northern Island with Sapporo on it is—it's it's not. I'm not gonna say it's a completely different culture, but it's definitely mm-hmm. different enough. What got you into mountain? What biking?
1: got me into mountain biking? Um, I actually come from a road biking background, and, um, and then after riding road for a lot of years, obviously with a knee injury and stuff like that, um, I started. I rented a mountain bike. I think it was just—I just took took a dive in and decided to try it and I, I love it man yeah and um, went out on a couple of trails Obviously, lucky enough to live in Banff right in Canmore area and went out on a couple of trails and um, just love the thrill of going down and dropping into the into the trails I just feel really connected and grounded with the the earth and nature around me you know, I also try to, you when know, the new thing that I'm trying to work on in 2021 is is with this whole exploration thing on all these new lands and stuff is when I say there's a connection with earth, the earth and the planet too, I'm also trying to check out which indigenous communities this land belongs to, if that makes any sense. You know, I'm I'm very new yeah. to the whole decolonization thing um but i'm trying to educate myself over the past couple of years here and i think it's you know i'm i'm biking in all these beautiful places and especially in bc there's a lot of history in terms of indigenous peoples and their lands and where you're riding and stuff like that and um yeah i just try to you know make an effort conscious effort to think about where i'm riding beforehand and you know Notice all the, it might sound hippie, but just notice all the little things that are on the trail. Like if it's these beautiful mushrooms that grow on the trail, the ferns, the, the bald eagle that you see. And just reminding myself of, um, you know, slowing down, slowing down and just thinking about nature. So,
0: yeah, no, I feel you. I, when, when I take the dog on hike, it's a lot of the same. It's like, I sound, again, old person but like I don't know. Oh, man, yeah, man, birdwatching is out
1: here too, man you can get it's a huge it's cool. actually there's huge it's huge people are into
0: it but like i've got an app on my phone that can listen to the bird call and will kind oh, of no, give me a guess that's cool is. To the, it's, yeah it's to the point where i'll go now and i'll hear a bird call and i'm like oh that's a uh, a red-winged blackbird or something like that and i get a look and i'm like I've, there's a lot of them where i live mm-hmm. or like an eastern phoebe uh it's got a very distinct it sounds like it's saying phoebe over and over and over again but um yeah, for some of them, I'll, I'll hit, the, i hear the call, and I'm like, "Oh, that's a such and such." And someone will look at me. I'm like, "You can Google it if you want. I know I'm right, but it's just an odd. Uh, it's a little weird, but it's 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 nice, like you said, to kind of stay in touch with nature and see see it rather than mm-hmm. just kind of traverse through it. What got you interested in photography and nature photography, in specific in specifically?
1: Um, so I started off in photography in grade eleven. Mister, what's his name? Mister Tap in Sir wolf Laurier Secondary High School. And obviously, I wasn't shooting much nature stuff back then. But um, what got me into nature photography, I guess, just moving to beautiful places, man. Like I lived out of my car. The first, the first adventure that I ever did in my life, and this was the biggest learning experience, and still like the best learning experience that I look back to, was my very before my first summer. I moved out west before the. It was the journey to get to, to Banff. The first summer, I actually lived out of my car for four weeks. I drove through the United States from ottawa down to colorado to arizona utah washington state i just lived out of the corolla i camped wherever i wanted to camp basically um but uh, i got exposed to so many beautiful things on that trip and um and i saw i saw all these yeah just hills mountains stuff that you don't really see when you live in the city for so long right and um i just thought mm-hmm. it was really cool to take pictures of that and and obviously instagram was the platform at the time it still is and it was cool to just share it with friends um and now i, I that's yeah that's kind of what got me into it and now i'm i'm really passionate about um just showing and remind well not showing and reminding people but uh i like to share beautiful places with people to remind them that these places exist and that that's why we need to make environmental conscious decisions in life you know uh for our future generations and stuff like that it's really important for me
0: what's uh what gear do you normally take with you what's something that like you can't leave home without is it like a, a gps um, watch or anything like that when you're going on an overnight an overnight camping trip up to see the yeah for sure um
1: it it honestly depends, man, because uh, I've shifted as a photographer too. like, okay, so basic things that I'm bringing, I'm bringing a headlamp uh, if I'm going camping all the time, I'm making sure that I've got a headlamp that's charged, ready to go. I've got the layers uh, because the weather in the Rockies, it could be the middle of the summer and it could snow on top of the mountain in the middle of the summer. You don't know how the weather's going to shift. You can have a certain idea if you look at the forecast, but you have to be prepared for the worst. Um, I'm always bringing some sort of camera with me whether it's a um, super expensive DSLR to just my iPhone. I've got something to take a capt- capture, that moment with. Um, and, uh, and yeah, that's, that's obviously the basics food and, and the tent and the, and you know, the like, all the supporting stuff there. But um, usually I go with friends too. Um, Cause I like to share the experience with other people and, you know, get them stoked on the, the energy around us. And that's what I would bring out to the Aurora Borealis uh, or to go see if I weren't to go see the Aurora, if I was camping on a mountain. But, um, in terms of gear though, my, my gears kind of shifted in the past f- a couple of years, two years as a photographer, I've been a digital photographer since I started out, but in the past two years I've actually transitioned to shooting film. Um, as in 35 millimeter film, like the film that you have to go get developed old school stuff. So, um, I really enjoy it, but yeah, I've very close to selling my digital camera, to be honest with you.
0: Just cause you're enjoying. yeah, your I love shooting film.
1: Um, I love having the ability to, I, I honestly, I came to a point and a realization when I was shooting digital stuff that I didn't like the way the direction was going in terms of, um, um, photographs to be honest with you um, personally that's my personal opinion if you look I, we live in a in, in a time where the only medium of photos that we really see are through Instagram we're not going to local art galleries to see photographers work we're not you know what I mean we're seeing we're seeing um, a mm-hmm. stream of photo- photos photography that's relegated to a single platform Instagram and the problem with that that I had was that these photos started getting not technically harder, but digitally digitized even more and more and more and more and more. I live in a national park. I, I lived in a national park for six years, right? Um, I saw sunrises every morning for my job. I, was, I woke up at 5.30. I started my shift at 5.30. So I saw sunrises every day, and I saw most of the, sun- the sunsets. And I could tell you right now, Ryan – they're not as purple and pink and all of that as you see on Instagram right so I had a problem with how people were trying to you know bump up the saturation on their photos and overly edit stuff and I was like this is I'm not seeing this in real mm-hmm. life man now now before I catch myself and get a lot got get a lot of flack for saying that i I appreciate I have again my friend who I visited on Vancouver island he's a photographer but he's he takes beautiful sh- shots that are um that he edits and digitizes and you'd be like, yeah, that's Photoshop, but it's a beautiful piece of artwork, you know, like it's a different style. I just wanted to shift away from that, um, uh, you know, digital artwork and and try to recreate more. So what I see with the naked eye and film allows me to do that. Um, I I don't get to see what the picture looks like at the back of the camera right away. Right. Like I have to wait until the, Mm -hmm. uh, until, the the roll is developed i only have 36 pictures on a single roll it's very expensive a single roll of film costs around $12 and then it costs an additional $15 to get it developed um and and yeah and it just instead of always going to locations i also found that before when i was using the digital camera i would go be going to all these locations and i would specifically be going for instagram i would always be trying to get that shot right try to get the, the coolest and most mm-hmm. unique shot to get kind of get gather the most amount of likes you know and I think a lot of people do that but um I just kind of grew up from that I, I don't think that's what I want to do anymore and I um yeah just uh if you want to cater to that field you can go right ahead but <laughs> I'm crap about that I just like to shoot uh, the moments with friends now <laughs> and um and the adventure that's and the adventure that I'm, I'm going on. And, and honestly, sometimes I don't even bring a camera because I just want to uh, reconnect with the, with the adventure around me. What I was trying to say, man, what I was trying to say before, actually. Mm-hmm. Before, yeah, it was all for the shot. It was all for the Instagram shot. But it kind of took away from my experience of enjoying the hike itself. Like if we were going on a hike, and uh, we're trying to get a shot for everyone, the Instagram picture, that's all I really cared about. I didn't even really give a crap about the hike. I did care about the hike, but I didn't feel as connected with the hike, right? But now that that's not even a question, mm-hmm. it's always about the hike. I'm always prioritizing the adventure and um the pictures always come second or third or whatever. So, I can't even be bothered. Man, I'm I'm not a professional photographer. I'm not uh I do take really good pictures. I've been published in a magazine before, but uh but it just doesn't I don't, I don't really care for it, man. It's, uh, I just, <laughs> I just go out for the adventure.
0: What, what magazine? Sorry, totally off track. But it was, um, wh- Canadian which Canadian
1: Geographic. I, um, I'll send you a link to the photo. It was a picture of the Milky Way, um, on top of a mountain. We camped on top of that mountain. I actually planned that shot a year in advance, using an app, um, because the, 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 the stars, the Earth's always rotating, even a. Different times of the year, right? Uh, we're rotating, the Earth rotates mm-hmm. on an axis at, at the different times of the year. So the Milky Way actually shifts in which direction um, and what angle it, it's at in the sky, depending on the time of the year. Anyways, I had planned the shot for July because the Milky Way would have lined up not 90 degrees, but um, lined up with this lake, and I was on top of a mountain. Anyways, it, I had, was lucky. I had perfect conditions that night. Uh, no clouds. It was a new moon, so there was no moonlight. So Stars are extra bright. And uh, I ended up getting that shot. And I and – I, um, what did I – how did I get it published? It was a contest. Yeah, it was a contest. I uh, sent it in in a contest. I won the contest, and it was a full-page uh, cover in Canadian Geographic. It was pretty sweet because I ended up visiting a friend somewhere. can't remember where, and we ended up going into a shopper's drug market. And I was like, I think the magazine's still in – on the shelves and anyways i looked around the corner and it was there and my picture was in the magazine and i was like that's sick <laughs> oh yeah i've got a couple copies and my grandparents got framed
0: oh i i get it it's uh are you finding that because you have to be a lot more selective with your shots 100
1: percent, and that's kind of better? where i wanted to push myself as a photographer too i um uh, the digital stuff like I said it's it's great you're you're editing pictures but the guys are and anyone who ed- edits their photos the way that I that I t- like the way in the manner that I'm talking about are spending hours and hours and days editing a single photo man right and um, that's great that's it's mm-hmm. just artwork it's like a an artist painting a picture he's not done painting his picture right but for me, that was taken away from time from actually being in the outdoors. I don't want to be glued onto my computer when there's a forecast of sunny days in the next two weeks. I want to be outside. <laughs> so, so maybe you can call that lazy. But, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I just didn't want to spend too much time on my computer. I, just, I already spend enough time on my devices. I don't want to spend another six hours uh, getting anxious or editing a photo and making sure it's perfect to, um, to get the most amount of likes, whatever the reason I had at the time. But I am becoming, but i I am becoming more selective in in the angles and the pictures and the moments that I want to capture photos in now because I am shooting film. And uh, yeah, it's definitely made me um, a better photographer. I said I was gonna sell my digital camera. I might not sell the camera. I might my, <laughs> I might keep it um, and and get back onto shooting digital because I, I think I'd be curious to see how selective I would be with the digital camera. Obviously, the digital cameras are a lot more, Advanced than the the film cameras, they capture things a lot better. You would you would be surprised, man, how many rolls of film I've had not turn out. How many pictures don't turn out? Like out of a roll of thirty six, probably ten of them are are bad exposure like shots. They don't they're blurry. They don't come out. Whatever the reason is, um, it's really hard to nail uh, an exposure on a film camera. So, but with a digital camera. 95% of the work time, it's 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 good. You, t- you press the button and it's done.
0: And worst case, if it's not, you'll exactly. see it and you can pick another one really quick. What makes up that eight pounds of gear that um, you're lugging up well, with The, the older
1: you? cameras are heavy. Like the older uh, film cameras are just, they're built with metal. I mm-hmm. guess all the more modern cameras are built with uh, maybe composite materials or plastics and stuff like that. Um, the actual glass is glass. But um, yeah, on the older film cameras, um, they're all made out of, Heavy-duty metal and and the lenses weigh a ton. I'm also bringing a tripod around, and I don't really feel the need to spend a thousand dollars on a carbon fiber tripod. So I do have a uh, you know just one that that works. It's 150 bucks. It's three pounds, two pounds or something. It's light enough for what I need. But all the camera gear just it kind of accumulates and it adds a lot of weight. And when you're in the back country, hiking 25 kilometers, it uh, be a lot of weight and stuff. But I have shifted a little bit. I've made made it work. I've gr- grabbed a little point-and-shoot film cameras from thrift stores for like twenty five bucks. The quality of the pictures are, are obviously not as good as the the bigger film SLR cameras, but um, but they're still handy to have. And on on like quick missions like that, if I was going mountain biking and I wanted a nice lightweight camera, I would bring just the little pocketable film, you know. It's not a disposable camera, but it's around the same size as mm-hmm. you know those little fun disposable cameras you get uh, at shoppers.
0: Yeah, the ones, the ones you that were everywhere exactly, in like the '90s before exactly, Yeah, well, that's, yeah, that's what I'm noticing too. Is I find my parents back in the day would have, like you said, the old school style of film, and they'd have you know binders of their pictures they took, but they had to be a lot more selective what they're taking. Nowadays, I have like thousands of pictures. I don't ever go through them too often unless I'm feeling nostalgic about a specific trip, but like I've got pictures of stuff that I'm like, I don't even know why I took a picture of my shoes. I partially probably because I remember (laughs) where they put them, but I've got like 40 pictures of my dog sleeping. Do I love the fact that I have 40 pictures of my dog sleeping on a Tuesday afternoon? Yeah, it's great, but I don't need 40. Yeah, exactly. One would be fine. That's that's right, man. So, uh, what what would be like the basic tips that you'd give to somebody who would want to start in photography because yeah. that's something that i've been interested in for at least the past year was uh i've been taking pictures of my phone but i've been yeah. thinking about getting just um, an actual camera
1: just uh oh, yeah this sounds so cliche just just be yourself man like shoot whatever you want to shoot and 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 it's for you it's always for you you know i think i kind of grew up you know being influenced by instagram um that platform and trying especially shooting nature scapes and stuff like that but for you if you're just trying to get into it what kind of camera would i recommend i think they're almost all pretty good now there's not a specific model there's not a specific brand um heck like i said i'm shooting on films from 1975 right now right and i'm still getting these mind-blowing good pictures i don't really think it has anything to do with um really the camera is just get out and take pictures find you know for me, I like to find common, or uh, maybe certain patterns in certain areas. Like if you're shooting flowers, or or sh- or certain moments. Maybe you're going on the Maribela hike, and it's it's the mood. It's raining, it's pouring. Maybe just capturing that, if that makes any sense. Capture the rain. Capture the the mm-hmm. wet trees. Capture the walk. You guys walking on the ward boardwalks. Um, capture you guys going into the car uh, (laughs) or taking off all that wet gear before you go you're going and heading into the warm car or whatever it is right um yeah just i think Mm -hmm. i think a lot of people i I don't like comparing i don't like to think like that but i think a lot of people want to shoot the most technical technical advanced shot technically advanced shots these days like oh i want this to go here this to be like this this to be like this this to be like that but we need to go back to simple uh, and taking pictures that are just simple (laughs) because they're beautiful too, man. And they mean a lot too. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, that's what I like to do. So that's what I would recommend, man. Even with your iPhone, like I I say the best, they say the best camera you have is the camera that you have on you. And it's true. You know, your iPhone takes awesome photos that these phone sensors on our cameras are mind blowing. They've come such a long way, even in the past five years. And, uh, I always have my iPhone mm-hmm. on me, you know, just for scouting out locations for Intel and stuff like that. But if, yeah, yeah, I would recommend just get a camera, maybe, maybe get a camera with a wide angle lens. If you want to shoot close up, if you're in, let's say canyons or certain spots where they the landscape is huge, you know, you can use a wide angle lens, but
0: have you ever tried using those little, uh, I have not yet. I was
1: about to buy um, yeah, I think Monument makes a couple of those lenses. Uh, there's a bunch of brands, anyways. Um, uh, I have not. I was going to because I only have the iPhone Five uh, SE, which only has the one lens. Um, I was considering buying like the newer iPhone mm. that has the wide-angle lens. The main reason I wanted it was because of the wide-angle lens. I feel like using having a wide-angle lens really just uh, opens up a couple of things for pictures, especially on your phone. So, but now. What's the point of getting those third party lenses when all of the newer iPhones are coming out with wide angle lenses, right? So if you are looking in to getting a wide angle lens on your phone, just I don't know. I get a camera camera phone that has a wide angle lens.
0: Yeah, that that's uh that makes sense. Just so you're saying just go out and do it rather than try to get too technical, capture the emotions of the That
1: that's that's, the that's hikes just my style now. But yeah, um that's not to say like I will go into, to certain spots. I'll bring my film cameras with the wide-angle lens. I'll bring the tripod out, you know, and I'll get the sunrise shots over certain mountain peaks or this or that or this or that. So, uh, yeah, I, I do a little bit of both still, shooting the landscapes and then shooting the adventures too. But um, yeah, I don't use the digital camera as much. I don't. Mm-hmm. I honestly haven't used it in the past year and a half, two years.
0: So what's what's the next adventure? What's um, the next one you're that's planning? That's a good question. What's the next big one? I've got one?
1: kind of a a bit of free time right now in between my next job that I'm supposed to start. But with COVID, um, it's hard to plan things with COVID. You know what I mean? I don't know. I I don't know how you guys are doing, but things locally. And then you figure out that all the campsites are booked out and stuff like that. And what the next adventure, right? Next adventure. I don't know, man. I've got a list. I've got, I've always got a list. Every winter I make a, I I make a list, I start a list and the list gets bigger and bigger because every week I'm, (laughs) I'm adding options to the list. So
0: I was going to say, no, man. what's number one on the bucket
1: list then? Uh, the number one thing on the bucket list as of right now is to probably go into Revelstoke this summer and um, spend three or four days down there and just go mountain biking. I think it's some of the best, best mountain biking in the country. Um, and I'm lucky it's only but well, yeah, it is far, four or five hour drive from where I am. but um, But I'd like to spend four or five days there and just crush them crush the the mountains on the mountain bike over there but yeah i think that's the biggest adventure but man like i'm i get i'm i get so easily excited and so uh yeah i just get so easily excited by anything that's that i hit off the list it doesn't have to be that like i won't get butthurt if that is doesn't get done right like because i've got a b c d e f g lined up so mm-hmm. i'm good for any of those a b c d e f g options so but yeah no i always camp and then yep. just wake up i have a camping setup in the car, you know, just like a little propane tank, some dishes, frying pan, whatever, make breakfast, fry it up, make a sandwich, make a, you know, get some good water. I might go to, I like to spend my money at local coffee shops in the morning, grab a nice little caffeine buzz, and then I'll go out for a ride, rip, come back down, maybe go out for a swim at the lake, and, uh, you know, just chill out, read for the rest of the day. After the ride, obviously. <laughs> and then, uh, then just day two day three day four repeat but it's always it's always better planning these things with friends um because you get a better experience out of it in my in my opinion
0: for sure uh speaking of books oh, have you read anything good recently
1: and I, I'm, I'm i don't really know i'm kind of like man that obama book is too friggin' long man
0: yeah it took a while i've uh everybody that i know okay, that's, yeah, read that, that's read it, has been here. an audiobook I've been listening for to it in an audio book um, and
1: it's holy crap it's been a it's been at least a month of me listening to this audiobook
0: yeah it took me oh i think i just finished it two months to read through two and a half months to read through the book and it was it was tough and it's one of those yeah. things that when the book's that long it's like game of thrones when you get into it like at first it flies and then you realize you're halfway through and you read for like three weeks yeah you haven't doesn't feel like you've really moved that much in it and it's not really discouraging but you're like man i just put in like I just powered through 400 pages and you're telling me I'm yeah, still it, only halfway Yeah, and I feel like he later. talks about similar um, things
1: quite often in that book. Or he's...
0: Yeah, it's a good book. It was. It's definitely yeah, cool to kind of see definitely. the inner workings of his mind. But uh, what kind of book do you with you on a, on a camping I'm trip? I'm all about the autobiography like uh, for sure.
1: um, I don't know why. I just love them. Um, they seem to grab my attention the most. And I like reading about people's lived experiences, I guess. That's why Obama's book is kind of interest interested me, but it's really freaking long. <laughs> um, but the is I just started, is uh, I think it's called The Coddling of the American Mind. I actually came across it on uh, Joe Rogan's book podcast. He was interviewing an MMA fighter and uh, was talking about it. What's that? Think about what it's about.
0: <laughs>
1: it's about three basic uh principles, but I'm trying to f- remember. I literally just started it yesterday, so. Give me a break here. <laughs> um, kind I could be wrong in saying this, but it, yeah, so I'm just going to read a little bit right here. The generation now coming of age has been taught three great untruths. Their feelings are always right. They should always a- avoid pain and discomfort, and they should look for faults in others and not themselves. Uh, these three great untruths are part of a larger philosophy that sees young people as fragile creatures who must be protected and supervised by, by adults. But despite the good intentions of adults who impart them, the the great untruths are harming kids by teaching them the opposite of ancient wisdom and the opposite of modern psychological findings on grit, growth, and anti-fragility. And that kind of correlates with the uh, rising rates of depression and anxiety in uh, college campuses, et cetera, et cetera. So.
0: It's funny you said that because I'm literally staring at a book no, on my wall called <laughs> Anti-Fragile by Nicholas Taleb. Great book. That was recommended to me by a buddy of mine, uh, also Zach, um, but yeah, it talks about that, how you've, you've got to, there's fragile, there's robust, and there's anti-fragile. You want to, you want to be anti-fragile. And there's also, (laughs) do you know who Jordan Peterson is? Do tell. Uh, psychologist who, from Mm -hmm. Toronto, I think he was at Ryerson University, uh, been a big, I think it was before, like 2016, 2017, a bit, a bit of a public kerfuffle, um, just because he was being honest about things. And like you said, some people don't like hearing honesty all that much. They like, they don't like feeling wrong um anyway he wrote a book called 12 rules for life one of them it, he kind of it's, it's a big book and then he wrote another one 12 mm-hmm. 12 more rules for life so he has 24 rules in total uh same kind of thing where you know you one of the rules is like stand up straight and he goes on for like 30 pages on what he really means by that by stand up straight you know make your bed at the beginning of every day um and he he kind of it's his way of saying like this is for it's for everybody but he kind of writes it for the for the the young men of the current generations who haven't really had a, I'm gonna say a test like previous generations yeah. had World wars we definitely more
1: resilient and things like that.
0: that they had or well, not maybe not resilient but it's 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 like a coddling that kind of happened where everybody everybody's right everybody That's wins right. everybody's first place when in reality no sometimes yeah sometimes exactly you just have to eat shit for a couple months because just because you started a business doesn't mean you're gonna blow up just because I started a podcast right. doesn't mean I'm yeah. gonna have a million followers in a day and a half same kind of thing right like just just because you took a really nice picture on instagram doesn't mean you're going to get a billion likes and be the next big big photographer yeah i, know. But I think exactly. a lot of people were exactly. kind of brought up to thinking that so, way um,
1: yeah but that's that why you just got to learn how to do things for hurts. yourself man too you know what i mean if it makes you happy like exactly. i know the common saying is exactly. or whatever people say is you know if it makes you happy just do it but literally man don't just say it believe it <laughs> it's your life <laughs>
0: just don't just, your happiness shouldn't yeah, affect my happiness but everybody should be like just do your thing people and, and, yeah. and maybe it's
1: just human psychology man i'm terrible at it too man like to be honest i i do it all the time but i'm i try to learn i, I try to learn and grow out of it i don't gotta, know if i'll
0: necessarily grow out of it it's a daily and i mean i, the, I think uh-huh. the daily stoic is an email that i get daily uh and there's recently how Seems like everybody has an opinion on stuff. You can not have an opinion, and that's fine. And just because, like, I might not enjoy um selling Sunset on Netflix, but just because I don't enjoy it doesn't mean other people don't. And it's like, if if you know if they have a bunch of people that watch the right. show, clearly it's good. I, I'm not my thing necessarily, but then again, you know, Game of Thrones and Lord of the Rings isn't everybody's thing. But just if it's my thing, exactly,
1: you don't have to mm-hmm. you don't
0: have to shit on it if it's not your thing, like. Just, uh, so do you sell your prints online and it's where a, can people see more of I, your pictures? I
1: don't sell anything right now. Um, it's, it's been, I, if anyone is listening and wants to take a look, I have my Instagram. It's, uh, it's Zach Berg, I T S Zach with an H B E R G You can hit me up on there. But, um, I'm in the, I wouldn't say I'm in the process cause I haven't even started. I thought I would get it done during the the pandemic i wanted to get some sort of website going but um again i don't know man it just doesn't really interest me Uh, if you want to if you want to it does and it doesn't like uh i don't know i'm i'm kind of a perfectionist when it comes to a lot of my pictures and sometimes maybe when they're blown up the photos are not as crisp and as clear as they are on smaller screens especially with film that's the downside with film is that there's only a certain resolution that you can get out of it as opposed to using a digital camera you can um the resolutions are much uh, larger, so you can get bigger, larger scale prints for walls and stuff like that. Um, but uh, I, a I, website is in the works in the near future, uh, along with a bunch of interesting things that uh, interest my mind. It's going to just be my website, and it's just going to, you know, I love chocolate. It's going to have my favorite top 10 chocolate bars on there, you know, weird, weird shit like that. Um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> When I get to it, I get to it. Uh, right now, I don't. It doesn't. I don't care for it right now. But, but if anyone is looking, it's on my Instagram. If you if you see something that you like, I'm not gonna sell it to you. Uh, just you know, email me. I'll email you the file and get it printed. And whatever, we can work something out. Perfect. Oh, buddy. what is number really one? Good question. On you that know, I list. really like cheap chocolates, man. Like I'm into the Kit Kat and arrows. People get damn right pissed at me <laughs> for, for for putting those. You know. Ranking, though, is so high, but I just, I love a good old Kit Kat, and I love a good old Aero bar. Um, Ikea's made some pretty good chocolate bars lately with, uh I think they're called wild berries. Or, I'm not sure what kind of berry there. I don't know. I have the list on my phone. My phone's not on me at the moment, but I keep a note.
0: You're yes, talking Ikea, the furniture I IKEA, think it's like an elderberry type
1: of berry, and they have it infused into this uh, milk chocolate, and it is unreal, man. I highly recommend it. They have a little food section by the cashiers, I think. I don't know. I I, uh, I went to my parents' house uh, recently, and or it was at my parents' house, anyways. And I grabbed a piece a couple months ago.
0: I know the food section you're talking about. Every time we go to IKEA, I okay. tend to venture check out that, that chocolate bar. Like that is like a that's
1: moved up but, the ranks. Yeah. That's in the top five for sure. There's a New Zealand chocolate called Whitakers. It's um you can actually get it in Canada in Alberta. It's, a, it's in it's grocery stores now, which is awesome. Um, But their milk chocolate is unbelievable. Uh, They have one that's infused with peanut butter. It's hands down probably the best chocolate in the world. So I highly recommend.
0: Thanks for listening, everybody. If you have any questions, drop me a line on Instagram or a voice memo on Anchor. If you enjoyed the podcast and you're listening on Apple, please feel free to leave a rating that you see fit. If you didn't enjoy the podcast, feel free to skip rating it. Uh, If you liked it and you think somebody else might get some benefit from it, please share it with them if they'd enjoy it. And other than that, have a great week and I will talk to you later.